one. Oh, good morning, everyone. All right, let's get into it. What if I told you that this morning I would give you the secret to life? That I, Kyle Keyes, on the morning of February 18th, 2024, have written down on the paper in front of me the secret to your happiness and fulfillment. And what if it was simple? What if I just gave you a simple instruction and you could go home and live the life you'd always dreamed of? That'd be pretty amazing. In today's passage, a person gets this amazing opportunity, but how they respond isn't how you might expect. So let's take a look at it. We'll be in Mark chapter 10, verses 17 to 31. If you want to follow along, we're in Mark chapter 10, verses 17 to 31. As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good, Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. You shall not defraud. Honor your father and mother. Teacher, he declared, all these I have kept since I was a boy. Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said. Go sell everything you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. At this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were amazed at his words. But Jesus said again, children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is excuse me, than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were even more amazed and said to each other, Who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, With man this is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible with God. Then Peter spoke up, We have left everything to follow you. Truly I tell you, Jesus replied, no one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me and the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age. Homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and fields, along with persecution, and in the age to come, eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and the last first so, this man gets the opportunity of a lifetime. He gets to ask this teacher who has been going around healing people and teaching people in ways that they'd never heard before. He gets to ask him this question that has been gnawing at him. How do I inherit eternal life? Now, a quick word on the word eternal there's actually a whole debate on how to properly understand this word. 
But without going into to too much of a deep dive, I'll say that while the word can and does refer to an extremely long period of time, it also, and maybe more importantly, speaks to its quality. So while a lot of people today might be looking for that safety net answer, what do I have to do to get into heaven? It is more likely that the man is asking, how can I take hold of that good life? He feels like something in his life is missing. He feels unfulfilled. And I think that the context of this passage speaks to eternal, meaning something more than just getting into heaven as well, based upon Jesus' answer. Because his answer is works, right? If the man was saying, how do I get into heaven? Jesus doesn't say, trust in me and have faith. He says, do all these good things. Jesus tells him, you should already know the commandments. Don't murder, don't commit adultery, don't steal, don't lie. Honor your father and mother. These are the things that lead to that good life. And I should mention, this man is desperate for an answer. It starts with him literally running up to Jesus and falling on his knees. He needs this answer. So when Jesus tells him to keep the commandments, I can picture the man responding in that same desperation. I've been doing that since I was a kid. It's not working. There's still something missing from this man's life. He isn't feeling fulfilled. On Wednesday, the band sang a song by uh, Switchfoot, and the, the lyric is, there's got to be something more to life than this. And then it says that Jesus looked at him and loved him. Jesus realizes the sincerity of this man. He is not one of the religious leaders who is asking Jesus questions to trap him. This man is struggling. He has been trying to figure this out and putting forth so much effort. And it's also important to remember that Jesus loves this man to know that that's the context of the next statement. Jesus' next statement does not have judgment or condemnation, but instead comes from a place of love and compassion. In his next statement, Jesus is trying to help this man to give him the answer he's been looking for. Jesus tells the man, if he wants to take hold of the life he truly desires, there is only one thing missing. And I can picture the man's eyes getting really big. Here it comes. Here's the one thing. And Jesus says, sell everything you have and give the money to the poor and then come follow me. And when the man finally gets the answer he's been waiting for, the answer he's been looking for, he walks away, disappointed. He can't do it. He's a wealthy man, which is wild to think about. He's so desperate to find out what he needs to do 
And once he finally gets his answer, he goes, well, can't do that. Oh, well, back to normal life, knowing it's not going to fulfill him. This man reminds me of Solomon in the Old Testament. Solomon had more wealth and power than anyone. He had everything you could dream of. And when he writes Ecclesiastes at the end of his life, his summation of everything he has and everything he had done was this. Meaningless. Vanity. Worthless. Which I think is an important message for us today. If we are chasing wealth or possessions, it will ultimately leave us feeling empty. We can trust in the example of this man in the passage and in Solomon that they long for something more, even though they already have so much. But I don't think this is a prescriptive passage. I don't believe it's telling every believer throughout all of time that they need to have to, they need to sell everything they have. Instead, I think we all have something that is holding us back from the life that God desires from us. We are more attached to something than we are to the life God would have for us. And so I think this is a great passage for the first Sunday of Lent. We began talking about this idea on Ash Wednesday. But Lent is a time when we give something up. So what if we explored what it would be to give up the thing we are most attached to? And maybe we're not even sure what that is. But if you want a clue, it would probably be the thing that if we were asked to give it up, even for 40 days, we would react similarly to the man in the passage. That's impossible. You couldn't expect me to give that up. And I think the saddest thing is, we know there could be something better, something more fulfilling. We know our life is supposed to be about more. We have a longing and a desire put in us by our creator, and yet we settle. And when presented with opportunities like Lent, to even just test out and see what it would look like to give something up for 40 days, we hang our heads and walk away because it's too hard. I'll be vulnerable and honest for a second. My personal Lenten goal is not even that crazy of a thing. I want to give up podcasts and YouTube in my free time. These things can suck up so much of my time. And I thought it would be good to see what I might do with some of that time back. Something more productive, something more fulfilling, something more substantial. Because being real, giving up YouTube and podcasts is not even close to selling all my possessions. But it's a start. And yet on that first evening of Ash Wednesday, when I have some time to myself in the evening, I start trying to mentally weasel out of it. First day. Well, I'm already so tired from the day. It's not like I would really do anything else anyways. Well, this doesn't count because I was already in the middle of listening to this one. So I have to finish it. 
and I come up with all these excuses about why I'm not going to give it up. I don't even give myself a chance for something new. I know what it feels like after I've spent an hour or more with these things. It feels like I've wasted my time. I've known that. I've experienced that. But when asked to give them up, I can't. Maybe because it's comfortable, because it's what I'm used to. Maybe it's because I'm scared of the unknown, about what might fill that space. But we would rather go back to the same old thing instead of pushing towards something new that God has for us. The man in this passage is having a rough go of it. But when presented with a solution to his problems, he goes back to the life he hates. So then we, like the disciples, might be shocked, might be in a little bit of despair. Who then can be saved from this? And Jesus gives them hope, because there's always hope. Even though it is impossible for people, it is not for God. With God, all things are possible. That is our encouragement. We are not doing this life alone. God is with us, and we can lean on him, and he can carry us when things feel impossible. So my encouragement for you today is to try it. Let go. Give it up. And Lent is a great time to try this because we have the safety net of it's for 40 days, right? If it's too hard or if it isn't what we needed, we can go back after the 40 days. But if you are stuck in a life that you don't want, that you never pictured yourself living, if you are feeling unfulfilled or dissatisfied, then change something. Let go of something old that doesn't serve you anymore. Get rid of it. Let it die. And trust me, I know there can be a million excuses and reasons why we're stuck and why we can't let go. And before we know it, those reasons have added up to the size of a camel. But we can trust God and step out in faith and do it anyways. And maybe just start small if it gets you moving in a direction. Anything to not be stuck. So I really, truly encourage you, take advantage of this Lenten season. Don't let it pass you by and then celebrate the new life of Easter without truly experiencing the joy of new life. Would you pray with me? Dear God, if we are feeling like this man that there has to be something more to this life. During this Lenten season, may we explore what we are overly attached to, what is holding us back from the life you would have for us, and give us the strength and the courage to push, push past excuses and reasons and to begin to let those things go. We pray all this in your name. Amen.